0: Hi, I'm Maria Thee Harris or Veloso's on social media. Welcome back to Sover 50 podcast on Soul Organised Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. Soul Organised Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present, and emerging. Thanks for joining us again on Sober 50 Podcast as we continue with this series featuring men in the Sober 50 community. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. Justin is a more recent sewist, and you may have read about his sewing journey on the Socialist blog recently. One of the key aspects of this podcast series covers how to sew for men. So, thanks for being on today's podcast, Justin.
1: Thanks for having me, Maria. It's good to put a face to your voice. I've heard your voice so many times.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. I've read your story on socialists way back. Okay. And so when I saw you again on Instagram, I thought I have to contact Justin to be on the podcast.
1: (laughs) It seems like a while back, but I was actually just reviewing it earlier today and it was literally just this year, January.
0: I know. And so much has happened.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I really enjoyed reading your story on Socialist. It gave us a good idea of where you've come from and what your aesthetic is.
1: I'm glad. You know, I was actually surprised that Chris contacted me. He was an editor at the time. He contacted me to be on the blog. You know, at that time, you know, I was just sewing for less, actively sewing, I should say, for less than a year. And, you know, I, at first I thought, well, what do I have to add <laughs> to the conversation here? I was just getting into understanding what the sewing community is all about. It was a, it was a good experience and, you know, I'm happy to share my story or at least the, the beginning of what I hope is a long sewing journey.
0: So what response to your sewing story did you get when you were featured on Socialist earlier this year?
1: I was actually surprised at the response. It was overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive, I should say. I got a lot of you know requests to follow. I got you know people asking questions about the things that I made. Afterwards, what was interesting to me was that, you know, I started making certain patterns that were meant for women, but I adopted them to fit my body. And I had a number of women ask me, you know how I did that, and they never thought that certain patterns would be used by men and, you know, they want to make the same things for their boyfriends. And, you know, it's a conversation that, you know, male sewists have, you know, in terms of, you know, the the lack of patterns, the, the fact that we have to have some kind of ingenuity to create the clothes that we wear because, you know, commercial patterns specifically made for men are very, very limited.
0: So can I ask, while we're on that point of you're using patterns that weren't designed for men for you? Can you remember what some of those patterns are?
1: Yeah, yeah. The first one I made, actually, one of my first garments I made after you know, doing face masks was the Nahalem pants by Sohouse 7. They were made off of the traditional Thai fisherman's pants. And actually, my ancestry is Thai. Both of my parents are Thai, although I was born in the States. And so I thought, you know, this would be great to make something from my heritage, but with a you know, Western twist on it, if you will. And, you know, they were marketed for women. And, you know, after I posted it, I, I had a, you know overwhelming response to it, including from the makers at SoHouse 7 They contacted me to feature me, you know, on their Instagram account as well. I don't think it's a women's only pants pattern. I mean, it's a very basic pants pattern. And, you know, traditionally men wear it, you know, in, in Thailand, not necessarily women. And so in speaking to the makers at SoHow7, you know, I just kept on kind of alluding to the fact that, hey, these are unisex patterns, you know, and I just wonder why why aren't they marketed as unisex patterns? I've also made the uh, June Handmade Vero Top, which is uh, basically a hooded beach type top, if you will. I don't really see why it's necessarily a, a women's pattern. I just, you know, lengthened it a little bit, um, increased the shoulders by half an inch on each side and voila, they're, you know, men's top worn by me.
0: The good thing, though, is that the people of Sew House 7 contacted you directly and you opened their thinking to maybe their patterns can be used for any sex.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: So let's go back to how you got into sewing and where we can find you online.
1: Sure. I'm mostly at my Instagram account at Justin Makes My Own. You know, I want to say that I started actively sewing a little over a year ago. I started with making face masks. So basically, I bought a sewing machine about, I want to say about 10, 15 years ago with the intention of starting to sew. At that time, the recession was hitting. Things were uncertain, but I wanted something to ground me. And so I just decided to buy a sewing machine. It was a cheap sewing machine I bought off online. And I took, you know, some lessons. Things got in the way, you know such as life, and, you know, it it just collected dust for many years. When the pandemic hit, you know, my sister, who was just a couple years younger than me, decided mid-life to become a nurse um, because she needed more money. She decided to become a nurse and happened to graduate right at the start of the pandemic. And so, it was trial by fire for her. And I really, you know, just felt so bad, you know, at these stories that she was telling me about the fact that they had lack of, you know, staff, lack of equipment, including uh, personal protective gear. And, you know, she really needed masks. And I said, you know what, I can make you masks. Well, at least I'll try to make you masks. I had a a lot of office shirts that, you know, I wasn't wearing and that uh, were, you know, becoming a little too small for me because of the pandemic. And so I decided to just tear them up and create face masks for her. I made about 50 of them (laughs) and I sent them over to her. At that time, I was on Instagram for other reasons. And I noticed that there was a huge presence of sewists on Instagram. And, you know, I was marveling at the things that they were making. And so I decided to just, you know, continue. The Nahalan pants were one of the first ones that I made. But, you know, I started looking for other patterns and, you know, I just continued after that. But the project right now is um, we know that we're supposed to return to the office in January. And so my goal is to make at least five work shirt work pants combinations before I get back into the office ones that fit my body
0: you said work shirt combinations so it's not just shirts but it's the pants as well
1: and the pants as well yes yes
0: okay I have
1: four pants down one to go and I still need to make the shirts
0: that's a a really great goal yeah I'm just going to keep watching what you're doing on Instagram just to see how you go and support you
1: thank you thank you
0: you Originally bought a sewing machine, it was there sitting on the side gathering dust and then you have started sewing in a way that helped your sister because of the pandemic and, you know, you've gone ahead and done more sewing for yourself. Do you find it hard to find fabric?
1: For certain projects, I do find it hard. You know, I try though to source my fabric from many different, you know, sources including, you know, vintage or secondhand shops. Sewing sustainably is very important to me. And so, you know, one of the ways that I source fabric besides, you know, buying things online or in fabric stores is to go to either charity shops or yard sales. Actually, just a couple of days ago, I was on my way to a charity shop when I saw a yard sale. And so I stopped by. My eyes aren't that good, but, you know, I noticed, you know, in the distance, you know, what I thought was fabric. And so when I asked the woman, you know, where she's, you know, where she got the fabric, she actually told me that they were tablecloths, but you know, light bulb, you could see a light bulb flashing in her mind. And she said, hold on. Then she went down to her basement and pulled up a huge laundry basket of fabrics and notions. It it was amazing. You know, she said that she was moving, she was going to Florida, she was retiring. She hadn't sewn in many years. And it's actually some of the fabric was her mom's and, you know, she she really wanted to get rid of them. And I said, you know what? I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this fabric right now. You know, a lot of them are were floral 70s prints, but I love them. And um, so I added those to my stash as well. And, you know, I was, I was very happy. And two of the things that really made me happy in the pile, you know, one was a buttonhole cutter, which I've been meaning to buy. <sighs> now I have a vintage one. And the other is a panel of a Care Bear. There was a cartoon in the 80s that featured these bears. You know, each one was a little different. Um, when, you know, one had a heart on it, one had a rainbow on it. And when I was a kid, I remember my mom buying this same panel and stuffing it and making me this bear. And I was just ecstatic to see this panel here untouched. You know, the, the I think the original price was $1.75 for the panel, and it was marked down to $1.22. The lady was joking with me, and she was saying that I should make it for my mom in return. And I think I might do that.
0: That's so sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just so excited to see it. It just brought back so many memories. You know, in thinking about my sewing journey, you know, I have a friend actually who's in divinity school, and she was very curious. Actually, after reading the socialist article, she was asking me a lot of questions about, you know, my family history. And she had taken a class about genealogy, but not genealogy in the sense of, you know, tracing who family members were or even, you know, tracing genetics. But really tracing what made your ancestors tick. And she said that the only way to find out about this is to ask questions. And so when I was, I actually, you know, the silver lining of this whole pandemic was I actually got to spend six months actually at home. In, I grew up in Houston, Texas. You know, I just one day asked my mom, you know, hey, do you remember, you know, grandma used to make me uh, pajama pants from that hand crank Singer sewing machine, you know, whatever happened to that Singer sewing machine? And, you know, she told me, you know, where it is in Thailand and you know you know I, I'm making a mental note to steal it from the other grandchildren you know but, you know when I get back <laughs> to Thailand um, but I also asked her about my grandmother's sister who apparently you know I knew her when she was probably 80 years old. she, she was at that time selling food in the markets in Thailand but apparently she had a, a tailor shop when she was younger where she made dresses and you know the unfortunate part of the story was that it burned down and she wasn't able to continue. Because you know she didn't have insurance or what have you back then, but you know this is something that you know is in my blood. You know, my the unfortunate thing is my mom spent a lot of time with my sister, who couldn't care less about you know sewing and crafts or hasn't been able to finish a project. But you know, it was me who secretly had this you know passion. And when I was home, I you know picked up the sewing machine and did you know a number of shirts and stuff. And my mom was amazed, and you know she started getting into it too. And we had to fight over the sewing machine.
0: So she's now realized that her son has got this passion for sewing in him that she didn't realize before. So does she see you in a different light?
1: Yeah, no, she's just amazed at, you know, what I've made. And it just brings back memories of when she sewed and, you know, when her mom sewed and her aunt sewed. And so she, she loves it. I mean, I think one thing that's over and above sewing that, you know, people in my family appreciate is just handiwork. And, you know, the fact that Um, You know, when you make something out of your own two hands Mm. for yourself or for your family or for friends, you know, you just put a little part of it inside of you, you know, it might not be the best garment or the best, you know, food product, but for some reason, it just feels better. It just tastes better. You know, you you just cherish it more.
0: Yeah, you do. It means more to you. It's not just something that's come out of a factory or. Exactly. That's really good. Finding all of that about your grandmother and your sister, that's really good that you've found that out right now rather than losing all of that information.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I knew about my grandmother only because I remember fondly the pajamas that she made me, apparently with a hand I didn't realize it was a hand-crank sewing machine. I really cherished those pajamas. I mean, they're long gone by now, but I have vivid memories of just, you know, wearing them around. Finding out about my aunt, my great-aunt, that, that was really interesting and it's something that, you know, I can pass down, you know, for example, to my nephew, who, by the way, also sews. <laughs> he makes some face pass as well. <laughs> He's only three years old.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's in the family. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is.
0: When you have an idea of what you want to make, where do you go to find the pattern that you want to use?
1: It's a lot of Google searches and a lot of, you know, just scrolling through Instagram Most of the things I make are really for practical reasons, you know, for example, the office outfits, or, you know, if I need something that actually fits me that, I mean, there are, you know, a few pattern makers out there that are known for making men's patterns like Red Theory, Wardrobe by Me, I feel like has a number of men's patterns that are for basic clothes. I made a number of their men's chinos, you know, I, I made... Probably at least like seven or eight of them by now, um, including the ones I'm gonna take to the office. Um, And I do love their tropical shirt and overshirt patterns. I also, you know, have started to make the simplicity patterns, the ones that Norris Dante Ford has designed. I was a little intimidated of them at first because he's a little more stylish than, than I am. His stuff seems very curated, but I made his pleated pants the other day for the office and they turned out amazing and I actually couldn't believe that I fit one of the sizes um, perfectly so, you know didn't need to make hardly any operations
0: have you worn pleated trousers before
1: not since the 90s uh, that's
0: what I was thinking <laughs> I mean, usually
1: try to avoid pleats actually that that is another reason why I didn't try them um, but, but these have these, I think he calls them inverted box
0: pleats. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they're not like pleats where they're, you know, folded over and over each other, but there are two pleats that come together. I think it's simplicity 9043. But they, they just seem so interesting. And, you know, what I love about this hobby is that you learn by just doing, in many respects, you know, you're just following instructions. And, you know, I buy patterns, not necessarily because I like the end result, but also because it might have some kind of feature that I want to learn how to do myself. And as I saw the picture of these pants. I thought that, hmm, those, those pleats are interesting. They're not what I traditionally think of pleats. Um, let me see how he makes them.
0: Now I'm getting curious. So this sure. goal that you've got for getting work clothes ready by the time you have to go back in January, Yeah. what patterns are you using? Just in case there's someone out there who's listening and, and is going to do the same thing.
1: For my slacks, I use the wardrobe by me chinos, as well as the simplicity pleated pants pattern. For the shirt, I haven't decided yet. You know, I started cutting out a burda a shirt pattern I might try the Thread Theory Fairfield shirt, but I'm going to be open to it. The only reason why I haven't started the shirts is because of the sourcing of the fabric. I don't have anything that's the office shirt material, actually, I should say.
0: Now that you've discovered sewing, what sewing techniques do people need to learn?
1: In having conversations about sewing with women, especially new sewists, you know, they're actually intimidated by men's shirts because of things like Plackets or men's collars or flat filled seams, but you know, for for male sewists who's making something for himself, this is what I have to start off with. You know, there's not there's, yeah. not, there's not that many things that are simpler than a men's shirt, you know, or men's pants, you know, with a zipper fly or a button fly and flat filled seams again. So in many ways, it's from actually sewing male garments. It's trial by fire. <laughs> So, you know, you could, you could practice and you should practice those techniques, which seem intimidating, like sewing a fly or flat filled seams or plackets.
0: I agree with you. I mean, even the fact that, you know, on men's trousers at the back, you've got the welt pocket
1: at the back. Oh yes. Yes. Yep.
0: With the little button, you know, to secure it with your wallet yep. in the back. Yep. Whether you're doing a fake welt pocket or you're doing a proper welt pocket, you still need that technique and practicing.
1: Yeah, you have to do that. Yay. Yeah, yeah, especially if, especially if you want to do something for the office, you can't get away with patch pockets, unfortunately, at least in my office. After the Nihal and Pants, you know, the second pattern that I tried for pants was the chinos. <laughs> and, you know, it, it turned out okay. <laughs> but I'm not the type to keep something if I'm not going to wear it. So I actually cut it up to make a bag out of it, you know, just to reuse and you know, recycle that outfit.
0: It's good that you realized. And then you went ahead and used that resource for something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, you know, I I think I'm trying not to be a hoarder. You know, I think a lot of us measure our fabric in bins and I probably have about five bins of fabric, about half of it, you know, from yard sales or from charity shops, the other half from uh, online stores or brick and mortar stores as well.
0: So now that you've said that you've been buying fabric for shirts, what sort of fabric are you looking for?
1: Yeah, no, I think that is a good question. You know, I, you know, we all love about sewing is that we can actually pick the material that we're using. And you know, from my own, you know, purchases of commercial ready-to-wear, you know, I don't want uh, shirts with too much synthetic material in it. And so I've been choosing a hundred percent you know cotton shirting right now because I'm still fairly new. It's a little hit or miss in terms of the fabrics shops that you know I, I'm purchasing from. But you know, I. You know, taking a chance right now, but yeah, at the very least I could choose, you know, I just enter the search terms, 100% cotton, preferably organic. And I'll include the terms like Oxford or, you know, baby blue and, you know, the colors that I want.
0: Do you follow the of so Over 50 community?
1: I do. I, I just think it's great that it's so active on, on Instagram. And you know, the pieces that people make are just so amazing. I'm, you know, shocked at, you know, how how great they are. And the fact that these people have been some of these um, you know, sewers have been sewing for 20, 30, 40 years. You know, I, I just feel like I wasted so much time. What was I doing this entire time? <laughs> but I have five more years to go and then I'll be over 50. So. In many ways, I can't wait for that.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll just put it out there, uh, and I remind people: just because it's over fifty, anybody is part yes. of the community, right? So, yeah. yes,
1: yes, but but I also want to be proud. You know, I am proud of my age, you know. I'm not, <laughs> and I think it's great that there is a community that was started because of the fact that you know there was underrepresentation in a, a certain age in the sewing community, in but also in in general, in you know, fashion.
0: You've gone from making masks to making your own clothes. What advice would you give listeners who are going down the same path?
1: You know, if you are currently a sewist and you haven't made men's clothing, you know, I would say it's not that much different I would think from making, you know, women's clothing or from making any other garment. You know, there there are certain techniques That you know may be featured in men's clothing a little bit more than women's, but at the same time, though, you know the the process is the same
0: for people who have just learned how to sew because of the pandemic and they've been making PPE. What advice would you give them to start using those skills to make clothes for themselves?
1: You know, I think if you've mastered the face mask, you are able to master other techniques. You know, I, I. I think for the most part, you know, people you know, who have just started making face masks, they had to learn those basic skills somewhere, probably on YouTube or from a friend. I would say find the, the patterns or the pattern companies that you hear have easier to follow patterns or instructions. And just, you know, like I said, you know, what I like about this hobby is that, you know, just like you know, making, a, you know, following a recipe, you're following the instructions which also most of the time comes with, you know, really detailed pictures and or videos, you can make, you know, many other items that, you know, would seem impossible to you right now. I mean, it it happened to me. If you had asked me over a year and a half ago, if if I would be making pants and shirts, jackets, underwear, (laughs) I would not have believed you at all. So, you know, this was in many ways, it was a silver lining of the pandemic as well. And the fact that I discovered sewing, and it's it's been such a great experience. One thing that I wanted to cover was the fact that what I find interesting about the sewing community is that it's not just about sewing. You know, there's a lot of issues that people are talking about in the sewing community, like sustainability, like uh, representation, that I feel, you know, are, are issues that you know, need to be discussed that, you know, I just find it so fascinating that it's being discussed in a craft community. You know, I'm, you know, I've dabbled in many crafts throughout my entire life. You know, I just happened to have found sewing later. I wish I found it earlier. Um, I've been knitting for at least 20 years now. And, you know, I I know how to crochet, uh, rigid heddle weaving. I've tried (laughs) Um, spinning yarn. I've, you know, done. I have a wheel but sewing for some reason, you know, has really ignited this passion, but, but, you know, in addition to talking about sewing, uh, I, I love the fact that we're talking about all of these social issues that, uh, it, you know, extend beyond the, this, this craft.
0: Justin, thanks for coming onto the podcast and sharing both your sewing journey and the history of sewing within your family with us today.
1: Thanks again, Maria, for having me. I really do love the podcast.
0: Thank you, Justin. You're welcome. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of So Organized Style Podcast for Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Harris with permission of Justin, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organized Style Podcast but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Please give us a five-star rating and review whenever you listen to our podcast and maybe go to our Patreon account and support us. Every podcast is free. If this is your first podcast you've listened to, make sure you go back and listen to our Sober 50 podcast archive and catch up on this series about men who sew. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Style or on our website at www.SewOrganizedStyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.